Welcome to the Monday edition of Unexpected Points. I once again, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Deshaun Watson situation, the press conferences that we had on Friday from the teams, front office, coaching, and then ownership, and also try to hit on a little bit more in free agency, but I'm going to leave most of that for later in the week. This is Unexpected Points. Okay, okay, okay. We are here from sunny Florida. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see my background is a little bit different than what we hear normally. Audio might be a little bit different too. I try to do a you know good job in the old podcast studio, cutting down on the echo and the kind of the tinniness, you could say, of the sound here. So apologies for that in a couple of episodes this week, but you know, when the little ones have their spring break time. It's time for me to get out of town. Tr- try to still do some work in the uh, in the interim, also, but uh, got to take advantage when you can here. So, for this episode, as I led up front about, we are going to hit on the dual press conferences from Deshaun Watson. One of them with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, and of course Deshaun Watson. The first time we've heard him speak about anything, so I'll talk about that, and then. The press conference with D and Jimmy Haslam, the owners of the Browns, and what was revealed there. Now, of course, one of the first things that was revealed is that they were not in person for the Deshaun Watson press conference. They got a decent amount of grief about that from some quarters. I mean, I think it is, you know, probably the right move that they should have been, you know, in town for this sort of thing. They said it was a scheduling conflict. They were going to be out of the country. As if there was nothing they could do about it. Well, you know, delay it a week or something. Delay it two weeks if you have to. But maybe they felt like they had to get out in front of some of this before the owners' meetings and whatnot that's going on this week. The owners' meeting is another thing that I'll I'll tackle later this week because I think it goes under the radar some of the intel that we're able to gather from what people are saying in that context. But before I get into some of this, and I got some audio clips here for you. I'm testing out the uh, podcast recording software that I have allows me to put some sound clips in here. It's been a hit or miss proposition so far. Hopefully it'll work a little bit better in this one. But before I get into all that, I just want to let you know there's still 25% off using promo code unexpected at PFF lock article content, including I'm going to put out probably two prospect comparable pieces a day here. So the top 10 comps for Receiver and running back prospects, I've done Traylon Burke so far. I have Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker coming this week, the latter of which, uh, of whom, Walker, he looks really, really solid, I have to say. Probably not justified that the gap between him and uh, Brees Hall in different ADPs across the board for fantasy football and maybe even some people's draft expectations. But it's going to go through basically anyone who has a expected draft position, NFL draft position, on um, grindingthemocks.com, which is a site run by Benjamin Robinson that I like to go to to get aggregate information about where players may be drafted. So anyone who's on there, I'm going to be doing it for, you know, there's at least... 50 different prospects that are on there. So I'm going to be rolling through all of those 
before the draft happens and get those information out there. It goes through all their advanced stats, all of their normal traditional box score stats, and then it also projects and shows you where their top 10 comparable players, how they performed in their first three NFL seasons by number of top six weeks, top 12 weeks, this is in fantasy football, um, top 24 and top 36 weeks. So you get an idea of how often they're kind of registering as an okay scorer and how often they're providing winning week type of weeks from the different players. And it's, it's I think it's a pretty interesting exercise because not only does it incorporate the combine measurables, age, uh, weight, 40s, uh, vertical when it comes to the receivers, but then it also brings in all the different production metrics. So you could say, how important is this versus that? Well, let's go ahead and just not have a strong opinion on exactly what the most important things are. Let's just find the most similar players and see what sort of results we get. So we've had a player who doesn't perform well at the combine or at his pro day, like let's say Justin Ross for Clemson, but has decent production numbers and a decent expected draft position. How well do they perform in the NFL? And I can give you a list of players to to look through on that. Justin Ross, another guy I'll have coming this week here. But anyway, to get any of that content, all that stuff, go ahead, go to pff.com, use promo code unexpected. All right, Brown's press conference here. The theme of the day when it comes to not only the Andrew Berry, Kevin Stefanski side of things, but also Jimmy and D Haslam is comfortable. And I have a little montage here. So you can get an idea of exactly how much that was being relied upon in these press conferences. That got us comfortable pursuing a trade that got us comfortable with Deshaun the person comfortable to a point where we felt comfortable pursuing the trade once we got comfortable once we were able to um, you know get comfortable when did you feel comfortable that's ultimately what got us comfortable with him we all did feel we did feel comfortable with the trade so exactly at what point did you feel comfortable so exactly what made you feel comfortable and when was that um if we didn't get comfortable with deshaun the person fully understand that there are people who are not comfortable with the transaction so anyway comfortable 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 that was the rationale behind why the browns move forward with the trade Without getting too specific, you notice how multiple questions in that montage were trying to pick at what made you comfortable. Didn't get a lot as far as an actual answer on that. Now, what we did get for the first time was hearing a little bit from Deshaun Watson. So again, they said they, they learned about him as a person. They learned about his background. They had independent investigators there. Looking into the cases, they did not speak to any of the women, which has been well documented. They, Andrew Barry did not answer whether or not the investigators spoke with the women themselves. Um, I guess they're former police officers, investigators that they had working for them on this. Um, but all this talking about being comfortable, but a lot of it was focused on more like we're comfortable in Deshaun Watson being a good guy, which I think everyone thought prior to these organizations. It's hard to think of a player in the NFL prior to these uh, allegations, a young player who not only embodied a hall of fame type of trajectory, but then also seemed to be a guy that everyone got along with strong in the community, habitat for humanity, great backstory as far as being raised by his mother who had, um, I believe tongue cancer and working with that and working with different causes to dealing with cancer. 
his house was built by Warwick Dunn as part of Habitat for Humanity, uh, and then continuing to work on that after he he went forward. I remember there were little clips of him and how he you know paid for people's salaries. I think during the uh, some of the pandemic stuff or paid off things for some of the the cafeteria staff. It's just you know over and over and over again positive stories about him, whether it be from his teammates or from others. I remember watching a, remember Gruden QB camp. Now that has a little bit more of a a stain attached to it with, with all the stuff that came up with John Gruden afterwards. But Gruden, Gruden's QB camp, so this is before he was, of course, came back to coach the, the Raiders again. He had, in 2017, I was really into the 2017 quarterback class, much more than the NFL was. And I watched the you know, the Mahomes one and the Watson one, I thought the Watson one, the way that Gruden ended it was, a, was the way that a lot of people felt. And he said, you know, Deshaun Watson, this is a guy, of course, I'm going to do my Gruden here. This guy, let me tell you about Deshaun Watson. This guy here, this guy is not only someone you want in your locker room, not only someone you want in your team. He's like, heck, I, I want this guy in my family. I want this guy, Deshaun Watson, in my family. And I think that's the impression that he gave off. And that's why some of this has been so difficult to reconcile the charges with who we thought about is Deshaun Watson a person. So, so Deshaun had his first chance to speak here. Now he's, he's not going to, he's, he mentioned a few different times it's an ongoing investigation, so I can't go into details. He did start to talk about a few different issues. One of the issues he talked about was when being asked about the 40 different masseuses that he used. And again, I want you to listen to his answer here in the context of the Browns organization talking about how comfortable they were being able to make this decision and listen to his answer and tell me what what you think about his answer here 40 uh, massage people so if why why not just find one you really like and and stick with that person 40 just seems like so many well i never as far as a team, um, and, and then when I say team, not saying the Cleveland Browns, but my agency and things like that, uh, 40 is just over the time. It's not in one period of time. I've been in Houston for five years, so you go to different people, and that's just how, like I said before, I can't get too far into the details, but you know, as businesses work and you move and meet different people and people have different schedules and blocks, you kind of meet people over time. Okay. Does that make you comfortable, what you just heard? From Deshaun Watson there, this is clearly something he's had to think about. I believe he was deposed after the grand jury grand jury charges were dropped. Was this not something that they prepared to ask? Um, didn't seem like he was prepared. And if you were the Browns sitting across from him in these meetings, presuming any of these questions were actually asked, if you asked him, hey, you know... <laughs> Your body is your temple. You're a professional athlete. You want to make sure you trust everyone you're working with. If you found the right person, you know, you would kind of move heaven and high water to get the that person to work on you and be your personal masseuse. You have resources through the Houston Texans organization to find people. And, you know, you're out finding masseuses on Instagram and going from one to another and having 40, even over the course of four years, 40 is a lot. That's a lot 
of masseuses there. And that's the answer that you get. Would you be comfortable is not the word that comes to mind for how I would feel receiving an answer like that. And the other thing that Deshaun Watson legitimately spoke on a couple of times, if you wanted to know how he would approach his guilt or innocence, and I think we had a hint of that by how his attorney, Rusty Hardin, is approaching things, how he would approach his regret. He said in this press conference that he had none, how he would approach rehabilitating himself if there were any issues. He said that he doesn't believe that he needs any sort of counseling or anything like that because he hasn't done anything wrong. And let's face it, at the end of the day, maybe the Browns have some sort of detailed information that is not available via what we know, what are in the depositions about Again, 25 different women here. 22 is mentioned a lot. 25 different women. 22 women in the civil lawsuit. Two additional women filing criminal charges who are not suing him. So not seeking any monetary reward. And an additional woman who gave a anonymous account to Jenny Vrentas, who is now at the New York Times at Sports Illustrated at the time, detailing what happened to her, detailing contemporaneous text messages that she sent to her family about what happened, detailing messages she received from the person who set up the appointment who said, oh yeah, Watson, yeah, he's, he, he creeps out, you know, the people that he works with all the, you know, often. So like you, you have all that stuff. I don't know what sort of evidence you're getting that gets you comfortable around his, you know, innocence in this, in this circumstance, but are you comfortable with how much he's pushing back against the fact that he is innocent? And he's going to fight these charges and he's not going to settle anything. And this is what, you know, Deshaun really had to say about his, his guilt or innocence. And again, think about this in the context of what makes you comfortable. I've never assaulted any woman. I never disrespected any woman. I was raised by a single parent mom who has two aunties who's her sister. And that's who, that's who raised me. I was raised to be genuine and respect everyone and everything around me. So I've always defended that, and I will continue to stand on that. And I just want the opportunity to be able to show who I really am in the community and be hands-on and help people and serve other people. I've never assaulted any woman. I never disrespected. It's going on twice here. Um, does that make you comfortable, that answer? I've always respected everyone. I was raised by a single mother. And my aunties, like what, like we all were raised, <laughs> we all have mothers, right? Um, it reminds me of this great, uh, I got another clip here for you. It's great. David Brent from the original office in the, uh, the British version of the office when discussing whether or not he could be a sexist. I'll give that to you. How can I hate women? My mum's one. Yeah. It's like, that's not, that's not convincing. Is it convincing you that he doesn't, he's not, he couldn't commit sexual assault because he was raised by a single mother and loves his mom and loves his family members. Guess what? People who commit heinous acts have people who they love. And if it's against women, have women who they love. That That's not making me comfortable. Is that making you guys comfortable? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm way off here. Um, maybe there's a lot of other stuff that's going on here that I don't know about 
but none of that is making me comfortable the way that they say that they were over and over again. And the most telling thing here of the press conference is finally at the end, after going back and forth, after getting very, very little information, despite Andrew Barry being asked over and over again, what exactly made him comfortable? Just him going back and back to Deshaun as a person, what Deshaun has done in the community, things like that, which to me leans towards makes us comfortable like this won't happen again, or that makes us comfortable that he'll be able to project an image that'll get people to forget about this and move on and move forward. But when he was asked, finally, specifically, about whether or not he believed Deshaun Watson was in, was innocent, this is what happened. But to ask, obviously, you've talked about the investigation and the research. Deshaun is obviously maintaining his innocence. After all of that, do you and does this organization believe there was no wrongdoing? We have a lot of faith in him, and we believe that as he gets into the community and our organization, um, he's going to make a positive impact. So again, he, he Barry here. First of all, you can, you can barely hear him. I'm probably going to have to post. Probably have to up the audio uh, post production here because you can barely hear him. His answer to straight up, you know, stop talking about this euphemism of being comfortable or not. Um, straight up, does he believe that Deshaun Watson was involved in any of this wrongdoing, that he did anything wrong in this? He says, we believe in Deshaun Watson, the person. Doesn't say. Will not say. Maybe legally, he shouldn't say. Maybe they do believe that he didn't do anything wrong. But as I've you know, talked about before on here, that it's really hard to think that nothing happened that went wrong when it's a he said, she said case. And there are so many accusations, many, multiple women with no financial incentive to do this, to bring these allegations. Really hard for me to figure out how a smart organization can think that. And they're not willing to say. At least Andrew Barry is not willing to say. So that they're willing to give Deshaun Watson a forum to go up there and say that he's innocent, to say that he's done nothing wrong, to say that he's never disrespected anyone. But they're not going to say that. So that either means, A, they think there is a decent chance that he did commit some of these things and they're quote-unquote comfortable with that because of who he is outside of that. Or B, they legally can't say for some reason. So maybe maybe it is the latter, but mm, it's getting tough tougher and tougher to figure out what may be the case. All right, before I get into the D and Jimmy Haslam side of this, and that has some interesting implications, not only for the Deshaun Watson case, but, you know, things surrounding Baker Mayfield and, and other things there. Let me tell you, Hoops fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is available to everyone. Sportsbook is not available in your state. You can still take a big shot at your payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings available to all new customers, a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF, bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age, and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full 
list of requirements and state specific gambling resources. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, that was kind of a weird ad read, I'll admit, as part of this discussion. Okay, let's turn to D and uh, Jimmy Haslam. So like I mentioned before, they were not in town. Previous engagement should have been delayed, um, in my opinion. And the thing that gets me about this, again, comfortable was the word. I don't have a montage of them saying it, but trust me, there were probably at least 12, 13, 15 different times that they used that word. That is the word that the Browns organization was going to pin everything on here. But what gets me about some of this is that there was a lot of talk up top here. And there was talk also in the Browns press conference about this five-month odyssey. Odyssey is the word that Andrew Barry used for it. But uh, D and Jimmy Haslam also talked about the amount of time and effort, and it was hard, and we had difficult conversations. It was a difficult journey. It's like, listen, people, we don't want to hear about how difficult this was for you. I'm sorry. We, we get it. You didn't just, you know, call them up, do no work, and say, here's $230 million guaranteed dollars going forward without doing any work and doing any thinking about it. At the end of the day, what matters is what your final action is, not how hard it was. And what, you know, when you're saying you're comfortable with it, ultimately, which is never said in these discussions, but what it ultimately is, is we're comfortable with the risks that he did it, the blowback we're going to get, the poor message that it sends to survivors of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Um, We're comfortable with all those things because he's going to win us football games, ultimately. That's the part that's not really spoken in any of these things is that is the calculus and the weighing of the decision. Um, So I thought there were good questions in here and D and Jimmy spoke a little bit too much, a little bit too a little bit more to why they actually did this. But there was one revealing exchange here where, again, after talking about the five months that were spent, after talking about all the time and work and all the long, hard discussions about it, when he was asked, uh, well, they were asked, I should say, about what these outside investigators did, and then they came back talking about reading depositions, then you get an idea that wait a second, maybe they don't even know the details of this case as well as the reporters, you know, the the owner of a billion dollar franchise guaranteeing this guy $230 million doesn't seem to know some of the details as well as the reporters when you listen to the pause after being asked about the fact that some depositions have not yet happened here. So did those third parties interview the women? Uh, I think they 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 were able to read depositions and do a tremendous amount of work to where we became comfortable as an organization. But you are aware some of the women haven't given depositions yet. I'm not familiar with exactly how many have given. I'll just state what we said, Jake, that we got comfortable with the process and obviously the legal process that was involved with Deshaun. Okay, so I mean, I did not enhance that pause there after he was being asked and whether or not he was aware that some of the depositions haven't happened yet. 
so again, more information out there to come that hasn't happened yet that he doesn't have access to big pause there. He didn't know the reporter who I believe was Jim Trotter of ESPN. He knew, he knew what was going on here. The, you know, uh, ESPN, uh, uh, employee knows the owner of the organization did not know in that, which tends to push back against a lot of this work that was being done as part of this whole process. If you don't even know the details as well as one of the reporters for your team on this. And again, it kind of just points out like not really knowing about whether or not his guilt or innocence in these particular cases is not the driving factor. And from a actuality standpoint, not from a legal standpoint, because what I thought that they did do in this press conference, much more than what Barry did is, is when they're talking about they're put point blank. Do you think he did this stuff? They just said, we trust the legal process. We trust the legal process. We trust the legal process. We have faith in the legal process. Again, this is something I discussed a few episodes ago, but when you have these multiple allegations, it's really, really hard to get convictions. And he said, she said, we know that there are 25 different women saying this, which makes it in my mind, much, much more likely that something happened. And it should make it much, much more likely in everyone's mind that something happened. But the criminal legal process in this views each of these cases as a standalone unit views one woman's word against his not 23 women's or 25 women's words and statements against his. But they know that. Dee and Jimmy Haslam know that. Andrew Berry knows that. Kevin Stefanski knows that. They know how many allegations they are. They don't have to lean fully on the legal process to make a determination in their own minds as what happened. If you're a smart individual, you're going to use all the information. You're not just going to say, well, what the legal system says that he's innocent, we're just going to say he's innocent. Of course, they wouldn't go ahead and, and say that he's innocent. But they just said, we're going to lean on the legal process and use that as a shield. There was a lot of shielding going on during the, uh, during the press conference here from Jimmy Haslam. Uh, a, lot, a lot of this going on, if you can hear this. That was, uh, that was a little clip from South Park of Cartman getting thrown under the bus. Because a lot of throwing under the bus going on in this press conference. Uh, first thrown under the bus was when they were asked who conceived of this idea. Was it something that the football operations conceived of and then brought to ownership? Was it something that ownership conceived of and then brought to football operations? Jimmy Haslam could not quickly enough say this was definitely conceived by football operations. He was all over that. He was, you know, he was making sure everyone knew this is football operations. We did not conceive of this. <laughs> we did not. You know, we're only the owner of a $4 billion organization. You can't blame us when football operations comes to us and says, hey, we got an idea about bringing this guy on board, giving him an additional $94 million, guaranteeing the entirety of his contract, his $230 million contract. You can't hold us accountable for that. 
Football operations brought it to us. So there was a nice throwing under the bus. There, there was a denial that the not an adult, they want an adult in the room talking about Baker Mayfield. There was a denial there that it was, you know, from ownership that that came. So, you know, he's tossing somebody under the bus there. I don't know who it is, but maybe either front office or coaching getting thrown under a little bit there. He's saying, I'm not taking any, not taking any blame there either. Despite the fact that, you know, there's some credible sources saying that that's likely where it came from. And then lastly, he's throwing his own family members under the bus here. Uh, he mentions that someone gave him advice that he should give his wife D and his daughters a veto on this transaction if they didn't want it. And then, you know, he says, well, hey, they didn't uh, they didn't veto this thing. They were OK with it. So one daughter was OK. The other one just toss her under, too. You know, they didn't veto it. They knew about everything. We had the conversations. They didn't. They were OK with it. So. Again, let me deflect some blame. Let me deflect some responsibility there. Let me take that a little bit off of my hands and give it to somebody else there. And lastly, there was a a somewhat comical, you could say, if it wasn't so dark, this whole episode, I guess, exchange where he was asked, or they were asked, I should say, what about going forward? If there are any more incidents, do you have a zero tolerance policy? And he hemmed and hawed about it and just said that they expect a lot from their players on and off the field. But the reality of the situation is you guaranteed the entire contract. You made provisions in there, which I believe do not allow for suspensions in the same way and the loss of guarantees in the same way. You practically have let him off the hook, not only for what he may have done in the past, but in a way what he may do in the future by giving him this huge contract and by setting the precedent of being willing to do this. That takes a lot of things off the hook. That takes responsibility away. That takes your ability to try to pretend like you're going to have ramifications for different actions. All of that is out the window based upon your actions and what you did with the contract, with the signing, with the song and dance of going to see him with the not taking responsibility for what you've done in the first place. Um, So just a disappointing movement all around for the Browns here. And again, I'm going to try not to harp on this too much, but I had to talk about it after the Friday night and Friday night news dump of these different press conferences and everything that went on and what was revealed there since we finally heard from the team, finally heard from Deshaun Watson. And I, at least for one, was not encouraged. I for one, was not any more comfortable about the situation. And not sure how you guys feel, but that's where I stand after this. Okay, everybody, I'm going to come back at you later in the week with some more free agency stuff. I'm going to start to get into draft. It's draft season. I have a lot of draft research that I want to go over at the quarterback position there. And hopefully we can you know stop talking about Deshaun Watson for a while. I mean, when the season comes back around, I'm going to talk about it again, but not dedicate entire shows to it um, as I have here for what happens in the future. Until then, I'll be talking at all you guys later this week. Thanks so much.